0: Howdy, welcome back to another episode of our weekly podcast. We know you've got a buffet of media to choose from each week. That's why we put a lot of effort into finding stories from the Bible that have relevant lessons for us today. I hope you enjoy. How many people here today believe that God knows what is better for you than even you do? Amen? Now, having said that, I, I believe it, too. And having said that, I have to tell you, I never applied to work at the Adairsville Church. Um, I didn't even know there was an Adairsville, Georgia. So therefore, I had no interest, not because you're not interesting people, but because I was ignorant. I just didn't know that this was here. In fact, I applied to work at a two-church district um, you know, going from three to two, that was going to be easier, right? Um, a two-church district that I interned in, in, in Tennessee, and um, that's close to my mom. And uh, when I applied, I, I thought, this is going to go one of two ways. They're going to say yes, and I'm going to work there. They're going to say no, and I'm going to stay in Texas. But God had something else in mind. Shortly after interviewing with Rick Grieve, who was the ministerial um, coordinator for the Tennessee area, I received a call from Neil, Dr. Reed, uh, asking me if I had interest in another church. And I said, respectfully, politely, I didn't apply to work in any other church, I just applied to work in these two. And he asked me a question, he said, are you open to something else? Are you open to God moving in a different way? I want you to open your Bibles with me to Matthew, I'm sorry, to Mark. To Mark chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 16. You probably know this story. Uh, There was a, a man, Jesus went across the lake to the Gadarenes. He came upon a man. Well, actually, the man came upon him. Uh, who was demon-possessed, out of his mind, chains dangling from his wrists, and his disciples run. But Jesus doesn't. Jesus talks to the demons. In fact, he says, what is your name? And they said, we call ourselves Legion. Do you know how many soldiers were in a Roman legion? 6,000. Were there 6,000 demons inside of this man? I don't know. But Jesus delivers him of every single last one of them. And then the man is sitting at Jesus' feet. As you know, the story Jesus casts the demons into these swine that then run off a cliff. In verse 16, it says And they that saw it told them how it befell to him who was possessed with the devil, and also concerning the swine or the pigs. And they began to pray him, that's Jesus, to depart out of their coasts. They said, this is, this, this is too much for us. Can you leave? Imagine that, asking Jesus to leave. And when he was coming to the ship, and, and this, is, this is an important lesson, Jesus doesn't stay where he's not welcome. Jesus knocks at your heart, and you have the choice to open it or to close it. But they asked Jesus to leave and being a gentleman, being the person that he is, he respects their free will. And it says he got into the ship. When he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. In fact, in the Greek it says begged him, begged Jesus, let me go with you. However, Jesus suffered him not, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for you and has had compassion on you. I want you to notice a couple of things. What did the demon-possessed man think would be best? He thought the best thing for him was to go with Jesus, right? So he thought that was the best thing that he could do was go with Jesus. In fact, he begged him. Now, Looking back to my own life, and as anyone here, have you ever begged God for something? And there are many things that I have begged God for, begged him for, that I didn't receive, that today I'm glad that I didn't receive. Because because I don't know the future, I don't know the past, and God knows everything. And look at what Jesus says to him. Verse 19, however, Jesus suffered him not, but he said to him, go home and do Bible studies covering the 38 fundamental beliefs of the church. That's the version I'm reading. That's the Andrews study Bible. Is that what it says? Your version? No, it doesn't say that. Now, is there a place for that? There's a time and a place for studying the 38 fundamental beliefs of the church, but it's not what you lead with. Sometimes we want to cover the Sabbath. We don't even know if somebody loves Jesus or knows who Jesus is. And we want to start covering the the doctrines of the church. But look at what Jesus says. He says, go home to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for you and has had compassion on you. You know, as Dr. Reed said, I went to Amazing Facts Center of Evangelism. I was there three months learning the fundamental uh, ways to do evangelism. I've done evangelistic series. Um, But the most powerful thing, the thing that, that Jesus says is gonna affect the people that's going to touch their hearts is for you to give your testimony. He says, just go and tell them he didn't give him any doctrinal training. He said, just go and tell them the wonderful things that Jesus has done for you. You know, as we talk about our personal experiences with Jesus, we inspire others to believe in him as well. Because when, when we talk about our personal experiences with Jesus, people can see that. They can see that. They can hear it in your voice. They can know that it's truth, that you believe it. And they begin to believe that Jesus can impact their life just as positively as you were impacted by Christ. Now here was a man, he was an outcast of society. He was probably well known. In fact, Jesus tells him to go. Uh, in verse twenty, it says he went and he departed and he began to publish it in the Decapolis. Deca is is ten. Polis means city. There was a ten city region, and he said uh, this man went to ten different cities in that region. He was probably well known. I mean, the man was breaking chains. He was he, he was demon possessed. You know, people probably said, oh, there's that crazy guy or they feared him. They ran from him like the disciples. And yet here he is. He's in his right mind. He's giving his testimony. And the people, as they heard him give his testimony, they thought to themselves, if God can reach a man like this. If God can change this man, there is hope for me. There is hope for me. And that was the biggest issue in Jesus' day. Because the popular teachers of Jesus' time, much like today, misrepresented him. And they maligned his character. And they said that he was going to do things that he isn't going to do. But this man was a walking, talking witness of the compassion that Jesus has. And that's exactly what Jesus told him to speak about. Speak specifically about what? God's compassion on you. Despite who he was, despite what he had done, that he was given over so much to sin to the point that he was demon-possessed, and demons literally took control of him, God still saw him as his son and had compassion on him, forgave him, and delivered him. Now, by way of introduction, I want to tell you some of the wonderful things that God has done for me and has had compassion on me. Now, I was never demon-possessed, although if you ask my mom, (laughs) there was a time when I was a toddler that she might question that. I'm hoping my son is more like my wife or my brother, from what I hear about my own um, days as a toddler. (laughs) But um, my mom sought to, my mom was here today, she sought to bring me up in a Christian environment. She married my stepfather. He ended up being a significant influence in my life. Um, He wasn't perfect, but none of us are. God doesn't ask us to be perfect as parents. He asks us to be present as parents. Amen. Amen. Um, and so um, that was my first kind of introduction to God. Uh, another person who had a, a powerful influence on me was a neighbor who moved in. His name was Gordon. And so everywhere we went, we were Gordon and Jordan. And Gordon was part of the Evangelical Free Church of your Belinda. And if you know anything about the Evangelical Free Church, they have something like Pathfinders. It's called Stockade. And it's the same thing. They have weekly meetings. All the young men go. And he would take me to these meetings. And it's because I was so impacted by this in my youth and my my young adults um, that that I believe it's part of my personal mission to be involved with young people, to be involved with the youth, with Pathfinders, because I see the difference it makes because I know the difference it made in my life. And it's one of the things that attracted me to this church. They said, oh, the Adairsville Church, they have a strong Pathfinder program. Now, Gordon eventually moved out. Some other neighbors moved in, Dean and Tammy. They were Pentecostal. Going to church with them was exciting. (laughs) There was speaking in tongues and getting slayed in the spirit. And, um, you know, they were good people. They were sincere in their beliefs. I remember going to church one time. And they were, t- they were telling us to line up and tell, us, you know, tell this preacher, this visiting preacher, what was wrong with us. And I said, I'm hyperactive. I didn't think that was wrong, but I kept being told that that was something wrong with me. I was hyperactive. And I remember the, the preacher put his hand on my head and said, hyperactivity be gone, and pushed me and I fell back. And um, I don't know that it worked. <laughs> I don't think it did. But uh, these were some of my early influences growing up. And my great-grandfather was also a Baptist preacher, American Baptist preacher, a well-known speaker. He spoke at the the Baptist conventions. He wrote a couple of books. But after this kind of early influence, later when I went into seventh grade, I had such a hard time in seventh grade. and, And during this whole time in my life, I would see my father every other weekend and in the summers. I would see my father every other weekend and in the summers... But by the time I reached seventh grade, I had such a bad time. I decided, I asked my dad, can I come live with you? Because at my dad's house, I had my own room, and, and it was a new opportunity at a new school. Maybe I can make a difference. I was being bullied in the school I was in. And so it seemed like the right choice to me. But my father wasn't a Christian, he's a good father, he's a good man. And my stepmom was good to me as well. They taught me moral lessons. Um, but my spiritual growth pretty much stopped. It stagnated. It ended. Uh, I, I went to high school. I got involved in theater. I wanted to be an actor. Um, I went to college to be an actor. In fact, I have a bachelor's degree in theater. And in college, sometimes I would, ast- I would attend a, a Bible study group mostly because it had free food. But sometimes I think maybe some of that soaked in. But uh, I, I quit school, I started working in, in, in television and movies as an extra. You know, they pay you to you know, be in the background essentially. And I did that uh, for a while. And then eventually I got a job at Whole Foods Market. Does anyone know what Whole Foods Market is? Back then they used to call it Whole Paycheck. Um, it was while I was working there that I got a book in the mail um, called National Sunday Law. And I read that book, and I and that book convinced me that Saturday was the Sabbath. But I thought, I'm not going to church. I'm I'm living how I want. But if I ever did, that'd probably be the day I would go. I didn't want to attend church at the time, but it planted a seed. It planted a seed. And I went on living my life however I I deemed. I was. Um, but at my job, I eventually met a couple, an older couple, named Art and Luann. Art was in his 80s, Luann was in her 60s. Um, you know, and we always think that it's going to be young people who reach other young people. But I was brought into the church by two couples in their 70s and 80s. So, um, you know... We have to work across all generations. And Art and Luann, Art Art was, was this kind of guy. He was a vegan. He was a vegan before it was cool. You know, this is the early 2000s in Los Angeles. Being a vegan is like the cool thing, right? He was a vegan since like the 80s. And he used to buy these 25-pound bags of millet and ask me to carry them to his car. That's what I did. I bagged groceries and... And, uh, and I said, what, did you, what do you do with 25 pounds of millet? If you don't know what millet is. It's a little grain, a little seed. I thought he was feeding the birds or something. And he says, no, I make, I make millet waffles. And I said, mm, that sounds delicious. <laughs> um, but I would carry these 25-pound bags to his car. You know, he's an older gentleman. And, he would, and we just developed this relationship. And one day, he invites me to church. Now, he didn't know this, but I was going through something in my life. I was going through, uh, I had ended a relationship, a, a relationship that had been about a year long, and, and some other things were happening, and I was just having this kind of spiritual crisis, and I was beginning to think about my upbringing. And I was beginning to think how, how God is always there, and that God is always listening. And I, and I began to pray. And I began to pray, Lord, specifically help me to find a church, because I had gone to I had gone to evangelical, I had gone to Pentecostal, Baptist, I had gone to all these different churches. I said they all believe different things, but one of them's got to be close to the truth. So whatever it may be, Lord, please guide me. My my specific prayer was guide me to what your disciples believed. That was my prayer. And this was all happening in the background, and one day Art invites me to church. And I said, okay, I'll go. And he said, oh, there's one more thing we meet on Saturdays. And I said, yeah, because it's the Sabbath. And his eyes got real big. He's like, yeah, yeah, because it's the Sabbath, right? He wasn't expecting that. But I remembered from the book. So I started going to church, and that's when I really began turning my life over to God. And after that, things happened rapidly. I quit my job at Whole Foods because um, they wouldn't allow me to keep the Sabbath. Uh, I met another couple, Dr. Paul and Ruth Watson, also in their 70s, and and they helped to mentor me as well. And eventually, um, Paul and Ruth and Art and Luann, they got together, and they said, how would you like to go to Amazing Facts? And I was like, what's that? And they said, oh, Doug Batchelor. And I said, I don't know who that is, right? And they said, we're going to pay for you to go. And they paid for my housing, my books, tuition. Art found out that there was a, a, a mission trip at the end to, to Bogota, Colombia. He said, do you want to go on that? And I said, yeah. He said, I'll pay for that too. Amazing. After I finished AFCO, I was offered a Bible worker position. I did that for three years in Wichita, Kansas. Then I was a a member there, wanted to start a restaurant, which I took part in. It was a restaurant called De Sozo. I worked there as a baker for two years, where I trained under a French chef named Miguel. I ended up working with him in two other places, another restaurant that he started. And then uh, at Camp Açable. Um, so all in all, I worked in, in four different Adventist-owned vegan restaurants that, that were centers of influence. And then uh, eventually at Camp Osable, the president of the conference, Jay Gallimore, and his um, secretary, Jim Mitchif, who's now the president, took me aside and said, you know, your food is pretty good, but um, we think you ought to be a pastor. <laughs> and I thought well, Lord, it's not what I've been thinking for myself, but I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to consider what you have. And so I went to Southern. Um, it, it only took me two years because I had that prior super valuable theater degree. Um, I, worked, I went to Southern. I finished there for two years. I worked in Texas for five years, and now I'm here with you today. And all that is to say... Jesus had compassion upon me. Even when I was far away from him, when I was doing my own thing, I did not always live according to his word. I made bad choices. I avoided God and the church, but eventually I came to the conclusion that God knows better than than me. And so I want to encourage you this morning. Brothers and sisters, God knows What is better for you than you do? Which is why I'm at a church today that I didn't apply for, apply to. Many of you already believe it. You raised your hand at the beginning of the sermon. If you're considering right now a large purchase, a business venture, a marriage, a relationship, an educational opportunity, put it before God this morning. Put it before God. He will open and close the doors as he sees fit and eventually you'll find out that it was the right way. And I want to encourage some of you because some of you have made a bad choice in one of those areas, in a relationship or whatever it may be. God still has compassion. God is still delivering people from demons today. And and there's none of us that is too far. If you're in this building today, you are not too far from God. And through all the circumstances that he will give you, he will develop in you a testimony that when you share it with others, they will be amazed. And it will be this cycle and they will begin to believe and be encouraged and believe that this same God can have compassion on them. Amen? Let's close with a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we are so grateful and thankful to you who delivers us Who saves us, who loves us, who knows better ourselves than we know ourselves, better than our spouses know us, Lord, and yet you still love us. Continue to work in our lives, continue to help us to put all of our desires, all of our fears, all of our needs before you. And Lord, in the past, when we've made bad decisions, when we've done the wrong thing, when we weren't listening to you, please forgive us. And please bring about your will in our lives. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. We record these messages each week at the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Adairsville. And if you're ever in the area, we'd love to see you. Stop in and say hi and enjoy some good Southern food with us. We'll see you next week.